Hi everybody and welcome to the Kudzu Radio Hour. Kudzu Radio Hour number 128. This podcast was recorded on Saturday, November 14th, 2020. The podcast is brought to you by the fine folks at Springer Mountain Farms. Springer Mountain Farms Fresh Chicken, responsibly raised on family farms with no antibiotics, no hormones, and no steroids, no animal byproducts ever. Very fresh, very good for you. Get more information on the chicken or order online and have it delivered to your door. I've done it. You can do it too. SpringerMountain.com, SpringerMTN.com. Not only is Springer Mountain Chicken healthy for you, uh, it also tastes superior. It really does. Good stuff, man. Springer Mountain Farms. Look for it at your grocery store. And uh, if they don't have it, ask for it. And also, like I say, you can order it from the website and have it brought to your house in a no-contact delivery. Show's also brought to you by our buddies in Los Angeles. That rockin' band called the Boxmasters. And they got a brand new album out that is so, so good called Light Rays. Uh, Like I say, it's getting rave reviews all over the world. And uh, I'm I'm one of the many that's very excited over this album. I love all the albums they've done. I think they've done about 10 that have been released. And um, this is my favorite one so far. So it's really great. As you know, the band was unable to tour the summer like everybody else because of the COVID. But uh, plans are for a next summer to do a tour, including uh, Europe, if everything uh, falls into place like we hope it will, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. Meanwhile, get the album. Check out theboxmasters.com, theboxmasters.com, and uh, they've got a bunch of merchandise on there for sale too. That's really cool. And be sure to follow the Boxmasters on Facebook and Instagram. And uh, the uh, Instagram is the official Boxmasters is the handle that you want to look up on that. Also, the program brought to you by our friends at Foghat Cellars. You've heard me talk about Foghat wine for years, and it's still my favorite. Yes, I like to say I'm a fool for the Pinot. Yeah, man, and I am. The Chardonnay is nice as well, but they're all good. The same band that you have trusted to bring you the blues and boogie full tilt all these years is now bringing you some excellent red or white wines you're gonna love them baby you're gonna love them i promise you order online and have it brought to your door again might as well order that when you order your chicken right <laughs> order, order yourself a case of wine or a couple of bottles from foghatsellers.com foghatsellers.com you can also find a link to the wine site through the band site which is foghat.com so please 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 support our sponsors and tell them that you're uh, uh, heard about it in kudzu or on the kudzu radio hour or kudzu magazine kudzu podcast kudzu everything we have a brand new issue of kudzu magazine out it's number 40 40 wow 
cover story and interview with Dwayne Betts of the Alma Betts Band. Also interviews with guitar slinger Billy Crane and another one with Bud and JD from the Boxmasters. How about that? We were just talking about them. We dig into the archives for our Kudzu Classic interview from many years ago uh, that I did with the great singer Maria McKee. And we present our choices for the best albums of the year. That's right, the 20, 20 for 20, I called it. 20, 20 best albums of the year. There's an article on a great unreleased Doc Holiday album. Loads of CD reviews and a couple of recipes for you to whip up. Yeah, I'm talking. Food, baby. Food goes with it. Food, music, and, and, and wine. What else do you need? Our Couch Potato program, uh, column is back, which is uh, my column about TV. A beautiful waste of time watching too much TV. <laughs> and uh, Southern Accents is back, as well as Billy Eli's unexplainable Billy Eli costume. Uh, costume? Unexplainable Billy Eli column is back again. It's a good one. So uh, we're also asking uh, that uh, you vote in this issue. Yes, we want you to vote again, but not for president. We want you to vote for the inductees into the 2020 class of the Southern Rock Hall of Fame. All the details are in Kudzu Magazine, so check it out. It's all free at kudzumag.com, K-U-D-Z-O-O-M-A-G, kudzumag.com. One more thing I wanted to mention. Uh, our new video channel is up and running on YouTube. It's called The Ambassador of Southern Rock. Please check it out and please hit the subscribe button. I sure would appreciate it. Sure would. We've got a brand new interview, video interview with Roger uh, Earl of Fog Hat. Uh, of course, he was also in Savoy Brown to start with. Roger Earl's been there the whole time. He's the drummer. And we also bring his lovely wife, Linda, into the uh, conversation when we were talking about Fog Hat Wine a little bit. And also there's a recent one uh, interview up that's, uh, that's a good one, man. It's uh, Freddie Salem, who was uh, in The Outlaws. And so all that's good, right? Right, right. So, okay, I got all the, all the important stuff spoken about and now we can just get crazy um i'm gonna kick it off with some springsteen since we're gonna be talking about him i'm gonna kick it off with a song uh that i liked on the uh born in the usa album the rocking song no surrender how about that one we'll be right back with the boys right after this Did I? 
man. That was a good one right there. That is from the album Born in the USA, one of my favorite Springsteen songs. No Surrender. Yeah, we busted out of class. Yeah, I wish. But anyway, uh, I want you guys to make welcome uh, my partners in crime today. No fancy introductions today. I just want to say that one of them is somewhere in Massachusetts. Wherever Boom. Massachusetts is. And the other I'm are in, in that country known as Texas. And uh, Austin, I might add. But anyway. Howdy. Yeah. Howdy. Uh, howdy, howdy, y'all. Howdy, y'all. <laughs> Billy, Eli, Patrick Beach, and Jim Hemphill. I like to save Jim's name for last so I can sound uh, like the wrestling. And Jim Hemphill. Perfect. Right. 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 Yeah. Couldn't be better. Right. He, he's got, his, his last name has got that, that great combination of of syllables and consonants. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it has yeah. a lot of letters. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot, of, lo- a lot of letters in it. <laughs> eight. Eight, as a matter of fact. Both our daughters have eight-letter first names as well. Was that by design or just happy accident? Well, yes. <laughs> a happy accident. The, uh, we have a happy we have a happy accident at our house too. My, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Let's uh, my life, right. moving, my moving life along. is a happy accident. The yeah, uh, man, speaking of the, speaking of accidents, uh, I just want to say that publicly that the law in South Carolina that traffic law that I disobeyed the other day uh, <laughs> is is crap. It's crap. Crap! Turning left. If you're turning left against oncoming traffic and you get hit like I did, uh, it's your fault. It doesn't matter that the person was speeding in a 40 zone. She must have been doing 80. It was like getting hit by a bullet. And But I'm the one that got the citation, not her. I got it. It's like the rule if you rear-end somebody, it's your fault, period. Yeah. Doesn't matter what they did. And the police officer did. told me, he said, um, January court date, you just come on down. Come on down. And I'll... Uh, and test- bring your money. No, he says, <laughs> and I'll testify to the judge and try and get the fine, you know. Take- I said, the main thing is to get the points, four points, you know, reduced because that affects the insurance. But, you know, it was crazy. It was a crazy thing because when the lady hit me, she kept going. And I went riding around trying to find her. And it took me forever. And then she came back to the scene of the crime. <laughs> she was there at the scene of the crime with the circles and errors and the paragraph on the back of each one describing what it was to be used as this evidence against me. I'm sorry. I went Arlo on myself. Anyway, she was parked there. I uh, came back around and had a police car, an ambulance, a fire truck. I was like, oh, my gosh, just one more and we'd have all the village people. But it was, I mean, it was just completely crazy, man. But he got through it. You know, the cop, the cop came up to me and he thanked me. Uh, for thank me for coming pleading back. Guilty. Thank, thank you for pleading guilty. Yeah, he came back. He thanked me as he handed me a ticket for $150 and four points. You did the right thing. And I'm like, yeah. Because they were actually looking. The lady said she got hit by a dark blue van. And mine is light silver. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, I could have, if I'd have been dishonest, I could have kept going. Blue if you're squinting. Do what? 
It looks blue if you squint. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, if you squint, or if you're like her and like looking somewhere else and don't and don't even see what you hit. Man, I, believe, I, just, I, believe, I, just, I don't believe she's even I just even have to say, right. man, that, you know, you did the right thing, and and it cost you one hundred and fifty dollars and four points, a four point deduction on your, uh, on your insurance, man. But yeah. You know, do it, I, I, do I believe right. in doing the right thing, though. I really right. do. We, right. right. There's, a, there's a name for people like you where I'm from. Dumbasses. Yeah, um, well, that, not exactly that. Suckers was what I was. Yeah. Here's the thing, uh, look, yeah. man. So the, the cops have got to, got to, they've got to have somebody, and they've already got him. There's no, there's no, no good to come from me stepping forward and telling the truth. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, Let's do this. Yeah, we had a bass player named uh we had a uh bass player uh named what was his first name? Uh Steve. Steve Steve. Steve. Yeah, he got he got popped in a he got popped in a drug bust, man, because every roommate he had except him was selling dope and when they but when the DEA kicked the door in and they came in with the dogs and the damn ninja gear and all that stuff, and it, I thought this was so funny, man, because uh, Steve's position was, they're not going to charge me. I didn't do anything. And as soon as my roommates step forward and tell what really happened, and I was like, right, your your roommates are going to step forward and go, hey, uh, DA guys, man, let Steve go. All that dope y'all found in the house, that was mine. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure they're gonna be. I'm sure they're gonna be calling the DEA any minute now. Yeah, yeah, I count on that too. Uh, <laughs> right. Okay, let's get this going, man. We've got so much to do, and so much to do, and so much to do. Uh, the first thing that I would like to do, of course, is to say something. And what I want to say first, already before we even started, <laughs> I've already recorded all the. Uh, all the hellos and uh, hello kitties and all that kind of stuff. So that's all done. So let's start out with the uh, ever popular high fidelity game. Now we got our notes and I'm glad that Jim pointed out the fact that I can't do math. Um, Not at all. Not at all. And I had totally forgotten where I say that all the time. I was told there would be no math. So it was good to see Chevy Chase's, uh, meme right. pop up on my phone because I'd forgotten where I'd heard it. You know, I've just been saying it for so long. But uh, that is my, that's basically me because, you know, how I got through college is bad at, at math as I'll ever know. I don't know how I did it, but thank God and Greyhound I made it. Um, the uh, High Fidelity game. Okay. Now, I have uh, my notes put away, so I told you each one. I'm, I'm going to be asking uh, Pat, but we'll go ahead first with one of you guys. Uh, who I forgot who I signed to who, so hopefully y'all Pat's remember. Asking, Pat's asking me questions. I'm asking, uh, I'm asking Jim. Uh, and I'm no. asking you, Buff. Right. Okay, well, all right. Billy, start out with yours. Ask, ask, uh, ask yours. I'm going to ask Jim. Uh, okay. Three most famous guitars, not guitarists, not guitar solo. Uh, re- most famous or recognizable guitars, any any oh, genre. Wow. Number one, Willie Nelson Trigger. 
Oh yeah, good. I, I, funny. I didn't even think of that one. Go ahead. Uh, number two, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Number one. Uh, that was his the name of the guitar. Number one. Right, right. That's why it's number two. <laughs> right. I was told there would be no mess. Uh, there's a, I mean, there's, there's a whole bunch. I'm going to go. Both with, of those are great, and I didn't think of either one of those. The third one I'm going to go with uh, is. Say it. Say it. Say what? Uh, I'm going to go gold top. Oh, I'm sorry. No, yeah, you're thinking Dwayne, huh? Yeah, yeah, Dwayne's fifty-seven gold top. I was, I was, I was thinking. You know, I'm, I'm gonna say uh, Eric Clapton's Blackie. Yeah, that's a good black one. strap. Uh, I, I, I had thought, uh, I had thought Cl being a country guy, Clarence. Uh, oh, Cl that, oh, that's yeah, that's that, it. That's uh, a, that's yeah. owned by uh, uh, Marty Stewart now. Marty Stewart, uh, Clarence's B Bender. In yeah. Keith's uh, Telly called Frankenstein. Uh, the one he plays most with the with the reverse PAF humbucker in the neck is called Macabre. Okay, that, that's uh, a that's a that's also a great one. I mean, there's Eddie, so many. And, and Eddie Van Halen's Fifty One. Remember the Kramer, the, oh, the yeah, the, yeah, the red the, with uh, all the tape. They, the re, they reissued that after he died. I yeah, a copy yeah. Them, them yeah. were the them were the three I thought of. I didn't even think of Trigger. Hey, we got it. And that's got to be that trigger, man. You can't miss that when it's got two holes Go, in it. <laughs> what, what, Pat? What up? What do we have to mention? Junior, Junior Brown's get steel. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah man. Another, yeah, another really good. Yeah, you know, man. I was, guitar. I was thinking, mate. You know, Jimmy Page's Sunburst Les Paul. Right. Uh, well, don't give them all away because you've inspired me to do a whole show one day on that. Man, Peter that Green's great. Sunburst Les Paul. It's owned <laughs> was, by uh, Kirk Hammett now. We could, I, was, I mean, I they, was, it just goes on and on. We could do a whole thing about guitars. I was, I was trying to think. I was trying to think of a list, you know, that was music related, but wasn't best song or best solo or you know. Yeah, that's kind that's of a good one. Kind of hard to do. So yeah, so I so I came up with that man. Most most well known, famous, easily recognizable guitars because some of that stuff, man, especially like with Trigger or Eddie. Or uh, Stevie Ray, you don't even need to see their name, man. You see just a picture of the guitar, and you're like, "Oh yeah, all right." Yeah. No, Especially yeah. with Stevie, when you took those mailbox letters or wherever the hell they were and glued right. them on the guitar. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And they had a they had an exhibit. They had a Stevie Ray exhibit at the uh, Bob Bullock Texas State History Museum, and and number one was in this case, and I saw it, and I started weeping. <laughs> oh, there was a great well, guitar. Yeah. There was a great guitar I saw when I went to the. Uh, Experience Hendrix, Hendrix Museum in Seattle. I think they changed the name of it, but it was the Experience Hendrix Museum at the time, and they had that strat of his that was um, looked like tie dye or whatever, uh, mm -hmm. multicolored. Man, that thing was beautiful. God, you, yeah, for for me, for me, it was seeing uh, Rick Nielsen's original Hamer Standard, which is the explorer oh, shape right. standard oh, yeah, with yeah. the flame maple top at the uh, when they when you can make Nielsen a whole list exhibit up and. Just Rick's that, guitars. That, does, does that have uh, a it, that got like the hockey stick head on it? Yep. Yep. Yeah. 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 yeah the sweet. Uh, do you guys? Uh, the uh, y'all remember the store that was uh down off of I think William Cannon Roadhouse Rags? Yeah, absolutely. The guy that owned that I'm blanking on his last name. His first name was Clay. I used to go in there and have a beer with him. The guy was a pretty good guitar player. Uh, and he was talking about he had been working his 
part of the staff uh, when the Stones played in in uh, Zilker. You uh-huh. remember that? And yeah. uh, he said he found himself he he found himself like alone in this little room, and there was only the only thing in there was was Keith Telly in a in a stand. You know the the and he's. <laughs> He said the uh he said you know I'm looking at it, I'm thinking oh wow Keith Telly and he said and then it hit me almost every influential hook or riff written for 30 years of rock and roll was played on that guitar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, man. It, it's you, a li- it's a little overwhelming, man. You guys this is that, that Billy that was a brilliant idea. I, I mean, I'm really surprised. Um, <laughs> this, this, I mean, it, I, I, we've got to do a whole thing where we pick guitars because they're, they're do, just going in my mind right now. There are week, oodles man. and oodles and oodles of those. Let, let's do that next week, man. Okay, let's, let's that'd, that'd, be be good, uh, that'd be a good All topic. Right. Yeah, we'll do it. All right, cool. good. So, uh, Patrick, ask yours next. How about that? Who am I asking, Billy? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Billy, what are the three most soulful vocals of all time? Oh, oh damn. Not wow. counting your own. Oh. <laughs> man. Oh, damn. That's a good question, man. Yeah, and a really, I mean, and, and a really kind of hard to pick. Yeah, it is. Because uh, uh, we're going all genres, no no time period, right? Right, right, right. right. Um, wow. Damn. Oh, uh-huh. well, I got to get well, certainly one of them. And, and of course, these are subjective, man. They're in the top three, but picking right now. Uh, Willie Nelson, uh, he did a song called uh, Faces and Stages. Do y'all know that song? Oh, God, mm-hmm. yes. And he, and the, the arrangement, and I mean, there's music and stuff behind it, but it's mostly just his voice and it's, real up front and it's real real clear and he's he's real measured and i mean just with the timbre and the depth and his voice and that man i mean it it uh, it will make you weep especially if you've been drinking <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so yeah so i'm gonna go with that i'm i'm gonna try and stay off of like top 40 ever i mean you know uh everybody you know stuff everybody would absolutely just pick off the top of their head I'm I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with uh, deep cuts or, or things that are you know maybe not as well known. So uh, so there's that that that's one. Uh John Prine, Sam Stone. Mm. Oh yeah. my! Tell, tell, yeah. tell me tell me that I mean certainly it's rough and and you know because I mean his voice was just always rough. Yeah, but tell me that, tell heart, me that's man. not so. Yeah, and uh, so all right, that's two. Uh, let me think. Um, uh, I don't know. Hell, I could say anything off of Tom Petty's first three albums, <laughs> but uh, uh, damn, I don't know, man. I mean, there's so many. I should pick a country one. I hadn't done a country one. I meant Willie, but not you know. Uh, uh Gary Stewart. He, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the title. It's, it's, uh, quits. Call it what you want to. I call it quits. It's 
about oh, it's yeah. a, it, well it's gary stewart so it's you know it's depressing stuff it's about divorce but his but his voice in that is just i mean he you know he first of all he didn't sing it he didn't have a baritone voice which is kind of rare in country music anyway yeah uh and uh i mean in a lot of that he does man he sounds almost like he's crying it was yeah that, that one so them are my three well good list you did. You did neglect to mention that every note that ever came out of Aretha Franklin. I started well, to say uh, so, yeah. no solo artist <laughs> right. at all. And I could. And I and I could have right. But like I said, I was trying to get things that were. I was not sitting there going, Otis, Otis, I, I Otis, Otis. Well, I could have done Otis. I could have done anything that was ever sung by Greg Brown, who had, who who had probably the most soulful voice of a of a of a white man ever. I mean. Yeah. But but th those were the obvious ones. I was, I mean, you know, not that it makes me less soulful. It's just everybody agrees on that. I was looking for something that was a little off, off the main. Yeah. Those were good. Those were good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good. Well, yeah, there's, even mentioning John Prine's uh, Sam Stone just gave me a well, melancholy my, that, feeling. It was a it was a toss-up between that and, uh, and Graham Parsons' Hot Burrito Number 1. Ooh, uh, that, yeah. the, you may be sweet yeah. and yeah. I mean, that's one of my favorite songs. That's a soulful damn dude. Man. It is. Yeah. The um... okay. Uh, ask Buff, man. Let's put him on the spot for a minute. Oh yeah. Okay. Really? Here you go. Here you go, Buff. This one. This one's simple. This one's simple. <laughs> Good. Thank God. You're fixing. You're fixing to get scraped. No. 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 Hey. These are. This is. This. This might not be simple because there might be too many. Too many things to choose from. So narrowing it down oh, might be God. the trick. But. Three great leadoff tracks. Song one, side one. Wow. Oh. Wow. Yeah. That's I don't know if I'm smart enough not. for that. Um, oh. Wow. This was Deuce the first song on the Kiss album. Uh, or it was, was the Strider. first song on Kiss Alive. It was a uh, Strutter oh, was the first song on the studio album, but right. Deuce was the first song on Kiss Alive. Well, I'm gonna say, uh, well, I'm gonna say Strutter the, from the studio. Great choice. Because the Strutter. first time I heard yeah. the first album, that won me over. Uh, I'll say that. And that, now let me think if I can uh, just pull out of the top of my head what order out of all these thousands of albums, what order the songs are in. Uh, oh. Yep, I got one. I got one. My dream, my girl, Kate Bush. Oh, yeah. Oh, from yeah. the Kick Inside, Moving is the first song. And uh, it's just, uh, the whole album is just incredible because, you know, it took me a while to get used to her voice, but then once I did, it's like she became one of my favorite artists of all time. Um, yeah, this is hard. Golly, with no notes, no cheat notes. I um, uh, well, I got any again, CDs laying around here I can look at and it, cheat? It, it was it was like the one it was like the one Pat gave me and the and the one I gave Jim. I mean, man, it's just so damn broad, you know. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just gonna have to think. Depends on what kind of mood you're in. And the thing for all of these is, you know, the the fun of the game is just whatever comes to you first. Because if we had time to think we'd probably have different lists. Right, if like we started I, analyzing it. Yeah. I, would have put, I probably would have put Clarence's guitar on the list instead of Clapton's Blackie if I had thought of it, but right. I just didn't think of it in the moment. Right. So. Well, yeah, I would say, uh, I'm trying to think real quick. The, uh, 
Sing okay, an album let's... you like to play, man. Uh, yeah, the, uh, t- 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 the the hard drive <laughs> right here on the computer's got three thousand albums, so they're right. all in just always rotating. Right. right. And so I, I don't like know what order. All of them. How about I just say the Box Masters' first album in a song What's called "The, first, the Poor the House." Okay. I mean, why yeah. not? Uh, but, yeah. uh, at least I know what order those five songs five. were in. <laughs> Statesboro Blues, man, off of Life from Film. Oh, well, there you go. See, yeah. now. Can I change my I was thinking that to, one was. Yeah. Right. You don't even have to like that kind of music to recognize Absolutely. that is a oh, God almighty. perfect first cut, man. Yep. Oh, yeah, I got another one. Uh, my, see, Fillmore is my first favorite album. My second favorite is Layla and Other Love Songs. So that song, I Looked Away, that starts out Derek and the Dominoes, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. love that. I love too. that. Uh, I get to now do Patrick. All right. Uh, and it's so freaking easy. It's not even funny. Mine are just <laughs> way too easy, Pat. But we're going to go with the reggae department. And I want mm. you to tell me the goats. Yes, that's right. Your three favorite reggae artists of all time. Uh, There's it's a lot so of obvious. Them. It's so obvious, of course, but I thought you were going to ask me to pick reggae songs and I was going to say redemption song. Are we still talking about first cuts? And other hey, let's do that. Let's do songs was, instead was, of artists. I was, all right. about, I was thinking about, uh, are we still on the same subject or have we? Moved? Uh, this is past we've, uh, reggae. We've, we've uh, moved on. Redemption song. By uh, and and uh, Joe Stormer did a killer cover of that. He did. Um, he did. Legalize it by Peter Tosh. Oh, nice. Yama. And yeah. It's not strictly speaking a reggae song. It's more of a ska song. But well, no, I can do this. I can do this. Well, man, there's not that much difference between reggae and ska anyway, is there? Okay. Or pressure speed. drop. There you drop. go. Puts in the Maytals. Yes. yes. Say that again. I missed Excellent. it. Excellent. Pressure that? drop. Pressure oh, okay. drop. Got, got you guys. Good, good, good. Yes. Good. That's the one. That, yep. Great, great. Those are three great ones. Oh, you guys are all genitals and scallops. So uh, here we go. <laughs> it's time for the great Foggett wine tasting. Bum, 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 bum. We'd like to thank our friends Roger and Linda Earl for sending the boys a bottle of wine. Did you all get Pinot? Is that thank what you, you all got? Thank you, Roger. Yep, we got Pinot. What year is thank your you. Pinot? Thank you. Roger Earl, 2010. Man. It's 2010. So you got the 10. I haven't got the 10 yeah. yet. Oh, let me tell you. Mine's a 13, 2013. He sent me a 10, too. but it hadn't come yet. He told me he in like the interview. You. He doesn't like you as much as he liked The 10 was their first one, and uh, they picked the grapes, him and Linda. Picked them, mashed them, then went through the whole process. So, you know, all these bottles that you've got are basically handmade by the Earls. And uh, when they first started the whole wine thing uh, 10 years ago. So, wow, it's pretty amazing. And he said he was telling me how good it is, but I won't be able to talk about that. I'll be talking about the 2013. Not that I've got that much to say. Except for it goes down good. 
Well, this is uh, the, the twenty. The twenty ten is. Uh, it's really nice. It's a really nice wine. I mean, the fact that it's from Roger Earl. I mean, me being a, a big Fog Hat fan, particularly back in the day, having seen him, I don't know, three or four times, makes me think of that great song on the first Fog Hat album called "Trouble Trouble," yeah. um, about a about a man who ha- wakes up with a hangover and decides that the best thing to do is go down to the cellar and get him a jug of wine. Uh, uh, so, cheers to Roger Earl. Cheers, Cheers to Fog Hat. Thank you Cheers. for the wine. Check it out. Check it out. I like a good Pinot Noir, and this is a fine, fine wine. Nice, man. Nice. But what about you, Patrick? Oh, I like it a lot. As I said before we went on the air, it's piquant. It's surprisingly dry for a Pinot Noir. You can tell it's been uh, cellared for a good long while. Uh, I think they, they, they aged it in... Uh, some kind of special oak barrels, if I remember right. I was reading the back of the label, but so uh, hell, we could do a we could do a whole show on rockers who are also winemakers. You know, yeah. Maynard Maynard from Tool. Well, <clears> don't <throat> limit it to just wine. You can also do other alcohols because Hagar, you know. Yeah, and oh, yeah, all these guys. Uh, golly, Robert man, Robert Keen, Robert Keen has his beer. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Yeah, I, I think Patrick made made a good point about this. And this is why I like a good Pinot Noir, because a good Pinot Noir will have a little pull, will have a little dryness on the back, mm-hmm, at least mm-hmm. the ones that I like the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because it's easy to get it too too light, too sweet, not sweet, but just a little bit doesn't have that uh, dryness on the on the yeah. back end. And this does. And that's one of the yeah. things I like about a good Pinot Noir, because it's it's lighter than a cab, but it still has some of that. You, you get that pull at the end which is which is uh, this has and it's really good yeah but buff tell him next time to send us some fresh wine none of this old stuff <laughs> yeah that's right, that's right straight out of the bathtub well, i was right. trying to think of what roger said during <laughs> the run interview off, run off the stove run off the stove top <laughs> yeah he said something funny i can't quote it exactly but he was he said something about the smell of, i mean that it needed to breathe when you first opened the bottle he said you know if you'd been corked up in a bottle for 10 years, you'd probably need to breathe too. Right, <laughs> right. Something right. like that. I don't know. He, he kept making jokes, and his wife kept reaching over and putting her hand over his mouth. He's <laughs> 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 funny. Right, co- right, because, yeah. No, I, I, I have jokes like that. <laughs> well, Billy, Billy's not drinking his. He's going to wait and drink well, his uh, in the I'm, evening. Well, here's, here's the thing. Pam... Uh, I'm mostly only ever drink wine if I'm drinking with Pam or, or you know, then it's at dinner or something. Uh, other than that, I drink beer or hard liquor. <laughs> and uh, Pam doesn't really day drink, so I'm having Lone Star. But, well, I'll be having the wine uh, probably with dinner tonight. I think we're having. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save back some. I'm, I'm going to put on a couple of uh, New York strips on the grill tonight. And I yeah, think this so will hold up. I think this will hold up to that. I, I yeah. think that, you know, usually we drink a cab, but I think this will hold up. Well, that's great. That's good. All right. Well, and uh, you guys know uh, Roger and Linda and everybody knows how I feel about Deer Fog at wine because I drink it uh, that's, every so man, often. That's what you were drinking last time I was at your house. Man. Yeah, man. That's uh, you, you were drinking that and, that and some kind of little designer vodka. I don't, I don't remember what it was, but it was – uh, Absolutely. It was, it was, no, no, it wasn't a, it wasn't a, oh, wasn't uh, a big giant. Well, it was some tiny distillery. Oh, okay. Uh, 
Yeah, it probably, was pretty much. It was, pretty easy. it was it was it was like boutique, like yeah, yeah, and yeah. it was a dollar or two more than like absolute, but it wasn't real real expensive. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, and you were ticked because uh, Colleen had drank most of it. While yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's when I yeah, that's right. We went up to Greenville to the yeah, memorial and when we got back, you were out of vodka. Came back and it was all gone. I was like, oh no. <laughs> hey man, let's keep moving before Pat's battery goes out. <laughs> well, how'd you get that clue, Billy? Collie. I, I have no. Not only that, man, but the, let, the let audience didn't see in the video screen. Thank okay, God. what we're going to do right now is we're going to do a quick little um, recommendation. If anybody's got one, uh, anything in the entertainment industry at all that you want to enter uh queen's gambit and i think all of us agree oh, that that's, that's our Absolutely. that's our collective pick yep. this best week. pick of the week <laughs> pick of the month gotta of the year gotta watch it just finished it last night man and it, it actually makes chess interesting yeah, yeah it does yeah. That, little, that girl was such a good actor yeah. oh, it was just so incredible. good it's it's an incredibly written part but she just owns yeah, it yeah, she, she did uh, she did on it man. i told uh i told uh i was talking to my friend colleen that you just mentioned and i was telling her i said you know what got me about that actress was when she was playing chess the way she would psych people out i don't know if she was doing it on purpose but when she would like fold her hands and put her hand down and just stare at them with no expression i thought man that is so cool <laughs> it just uh you know she ended up being quite a, a cute girl at first. I was like, my gosh, she's homely. But then, you know, by the time she grew up, and then I found out she's actually like 25 years old. Wow, crazy. Mm-hmm. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Good acting, though. Good acting and uh, and a good script and everything, and that's all it takes, man. It's like good stuff. Speaking of that, I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to recommend something. Uh, and it is also on Netflix. I mean, no, no, it's on Amazon. Uh, I want to uh, recommend Borat's subsequent movie film. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Very Sa- nice. Sasha, but nice. Sasha Baron Cohen, and uh, I didn't know that I would enjoy it as much as I did because I thought the first one was had a lot of uh, fun. But it was also very silly. And this one was too. But it was kind of hilarious in parts. And um, it just, you know, I saw him in an interview and he was talking about how he basically puts his life on the line, you know, yeah. just to make do the mm-hmm. comedy stuff. Because there's people in some of those situations, if they figured out that they were getting punked, they, they might just shoot him. You know, I mean, at any yep. given juncture. Yep. So it's like, but anyway, that's it. Oh, and, and, and one, in one of those scenes, he was wearing a bulletproof vest. Yeah, he needs to. He needs to. Uh, and, of course, we know the Giuliani scene was just priceless. It was just priceless. <laughs> no matter what you think about politics, it was just funny. But the, uh, okay, uh, Jim, did you have a recommendation? I, I do. Um, this is a little, a little niche, maybe a little bit, but I am recommending a record that in its original form robert christgau he the dean of america the self-proclaimed dean of the american rock critics gave a d plus to um 
he re- he really hated this band and i understand a lot of people hate this band but i've i recently got this and it was a revelation to me and what it is it's the second album by the band chicago so it's often called chicago 2 i guess it was really seriously called chicago since the first one they they were still called chicago transit authority but when i was a kid and i mean like 8 9 10 years old this was my favorite band and so i know these records by heart but the thing about this record is it always sounded terrible. It had this really tinny mid-range that just, it sounded awful, which was weird because their first album sounded good, but it just sounded terrible. Uh, and it's got great stuff on it. It's got 25 or 6 to 4. And one of the reasons I'm talking about it is so I can brag on Terry Kath, who was one of the great unsung guitar players oh, ever. Yeah. The guy, was he played like Hendrix and he sang like Otis Redding. The guy was in immensely talented before he uh, supposedly accidentally shot himself in the head. But he was a fantastic player. There are some live versions of 25 or 6 to 4 on the, on, on the internet where he just just takes off. The guy could play like you just wouldn't believe. But anyway, so this guy, Stephen Wilson, who's a prog rock guy from England who was in, started a band called Porcupine Tree, he also does remasters and remixes. And somehow he got a hold of the, the original multi-track, eight-track tapes of the second Chicago album and remixed it. And it just opened up so beautifully. And as someone who sometimes, you know, engineers and produces records, I listened to it and I was just blown away by how much better it sounds. Um, it just sounds really, really, I mean, it, it doesn't sound great, but it's so much better than, than the original version. And, you know, was Chicago cheesy? Yeah. This is before they got into the ballad stuff. So they were still just a rock band with horns. Right. Um, but, uh, Kath's playing is just all over the place on this record and it's so good. And he could really sing, talk about soulful voices. He had a, he had a great white blue eyed soul voice. And, uh, and so if you are a Chicago fan and you've always wanted that record to sound better, go get the Steven Wilson remix. It's not a remaster. It's a complete remix. And it, it really, it sounds, it sounds great. And, you know, Wilson's done a bunch of stuff, but this is, this is a real achievement of his in the studio. Cool. Or, Billy, you have a recommendation. Uh, didn't already do Queen's Gambit. Oh, I'm sorry. You already did. Patrick, did you do yours? Yes. I, uh, See, I, I told I, you I, I was getting old and can't remember. Uh, I second Billy's motion. He ca- he caucused with me. <laughs> All right, well, good. Well, all that being said, then we're going to take our break and uh, play a song. And what this, song uh, are you going to play? We're going to play one from the request line. Uh, I asked Patrick to pick a Springsteen, so uh, he did a good job of pulling pulling out one I would have never thought about because it's like when when we start putting a list together. Is it Bruce, is it Thunder Road? <laughs> no, it's not Thunder Road. And when I when I started putting my that's funny, funny. funny. <laughs> But I, I started putting mine together, you know, and going through all the albums, and I only got up to like the river, and already had a list of like forty songs. <laughs> you can only have five. I'm like, what the heck? So anyway, Patrick, it's Radio Nowhere uh, from Perfect. Magic Record. Magic Magic Perfect. Record. Wow, that's nice. It's Perfect record. So we're gonna play Radio Nowhere. It was a good album. I haven't even thought about that album in a, about a year. <laughs> So now I gotta go back to listen to that one again. Doggone it. Uh all right, man, we're gonna play the boss, Bruce, Brucey, Brucey baby. 
And we'll be back and we'll talk about him behind his back, Bruce that is, right after this. Springsteen songs, which I will admit, 
is way too hard. Kind of like doing Tom Petty. Um, I don't know. For me, and I guess for Patrick too, especially for us guys, you know, it was probably like, you know, having teeth pulled just to, because I kept trying to figure out how to fit all 80 of my favorite songs into five spots. It's not, not that easy. So anyway, let's go ahead and uh, start with, I'm going to go around the, the screen here. Jim's in the top, so let's go with Jim first. All right. Center Thank you both. Square. Jim's in the center square. Yeah, like Paul in. Yeah. Block to block. Um, so, you know, so I've thrown shade on, on Bruce unfairly, you know, in previous podcasts, but I like Bruce Springsteen. I'm just not a fanatic like Buff and, and Patrick are. And I think mostly it's because just the core sound of the E Street Band doesn't hit me the way some of my favorite bands do. It's keyboard based. It's it's you know it's got that Jersey Shore dirt under its fingernails instead of the Southern dirt like someone like Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers has. So, so I just like the sound better. He's a great lyricist, or can be a great lyricist, and has been a great lyricist for sure. But I like him, and I had my first four songs within minutes of when buff sent this out the fourth the fifth one was hard for me to get but to make sure i didn't miss anything i went back and i found a couple of websites that had ranked i mean springsteen fans are obsessive i mean they're freaking obsessive Gee, you think? And, and and these websites had ranked every single you know 385 bruce springsteen songs ranked from best to worst or worst to best or whatever and so i looked at that list and i'm like damn, there's some really, really good songs on right. there. So I got to give, I got to give some credit. So my first one, you know, artists have signature songs that when, when someone, someone thinks about the artist, they think about that song. And in my experience and in my opinion, usually their signature song is not their best song. It's just the one that's the most popular. It, right. Not true for Bruce Springsteen. I cannot say, I cannot not have Born to Run on the list because it's like a freaking perfect song. Yeah, that's on my list too because there it, is, it has to be. <laughs> it, it, I mean, what does Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band sound like? They sound like at their very best, Born to Run. Yeah. It is, it's, and I've seen him do it live, I don't know, five or six times. And every time, even though he's played it thousands of times, it blows the roof off. It's wow. just incredible so i mean you know i i could go on and on and on but born to run is it is it it is it deserves its place as one of the greatest rock songs of all time absolutely deserves it so i can't not i can't have a list without born to run on it because it is just head and shoulders above so much other stuff it's great it's great okay so that's that's one number two because the night um I it's I love 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 this song and yes it is a co-write with Patti Smith. Um, the way that Patti tells the story is that um, she was working on uh, Easter, her third album, in a studio in New York at the same time Bruce was working on uh, Darkness on the Edge of Town. Jimmy Eovine hadn't made his bones yet in the in the uh, music industry. He was still engineering. He was engineering Darkness on the Edge of Town. Patti Smith asked him to produce. Um, Easter. It was his fir the first album he ever produced because she said he he was a worker. He was a hard worker. I was a hard worker. I liked him. We got along. I asked him to produce it. Springsteen was working on uh, 
uh, uh, Because the Night. And he had the music and he had that hook in the chorus, Because the Night Belongs to Lovers. And that's one thing I wanted to mention about Bruce is the guy can write hooks. I mean, yeah, Tramps yeah. Like Us, Baby, yeah. We Were Born to Run. Yeah. I mean, yeah, right. and 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 that hook in Because the Night. I mean, it's I like it. It's in minor key, which is a little bit different uh, for Bruce. Uh, it's just, but he had, he had the music and he had that chorus, which is a great chorus. And he couldn't finish it. And so Jimmy Eovine said, I want to give this to Patty. And she we said that she, yeah. About Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy got that gig engineering at the studio because he volunteered to like be the janitor there if he could engineer. That's how desperate he was for a break. And and he's like one of the richest men in the in the music business. Well, he, did all, he did all those early Tom Petty. Albums. He did with Shelly Yakis Engineering, who engineered yeah. uh, Patty Smith's Easter. But so Patty said that she she had it sitting around this cassette for a while, didn't listen to it, and she had a standing telephone date with her then boyfriend, who became her husband, Fred Sonic Smith of the great Detroit band MC Five, and. Um, she was waiting for him to call because he lived in Detroit and she was in New York. She was waiting for him to call one night and he was late calling. And so she picked up the cassette and listened to it. And the, her first reaction was, this is a hit song. And she was like, should we do this? Should, should we take Bruce Springsteen? This is a hit song. Just with the chorus and the music, she said, I could tell it was a hit. And she was waiting for Fred to call. And by the time he called a few hours later, she had finished the words. And Bruce has his own words to it. I think Patty's are better, um, but that might be primacy bias. I mean, hers is the first version I ever heard. Springsteen, I don't think has ever done, he's certainly the studio version that he eventually released is not as good as the one the Patty Smith group did. Um, but it's a great, great song. And when Bruce does it, he kind of mixes up the lyrics. Sometimes he sings his, sometimes he sings Patty's. I think Patty's are better. But it's a different it's a different trip, but it's a great song. And he gets most of the credit because the song is the hook and it's a great, great hook. So because the and he does it live all the time. I've seen Bruce do it a couple of times. I've seen the Patty Smith group do it live. It's just a great, great song. The next one is um, I had this on my deep tracks when we did deep tracks a few episodes ago. And it's She's the One off of uh, Born to Run. And the reason I love that song so much is just the sound. I mean, Roy, uh, the piano intro is just perfect. Uh, and I'm a sucker for a Bo Diddley beat and it's got the Bo Diddley beat. And and it's not, I mean, Springsteen has probably a hundred songs with better lyrics. They're pretty simple, but the sound of that song just is perfect. It's it's sensuous. It's just, it drives. It's just, it creates an atmosphere. It is just a fantastic, fantastic song. She's the one is, you know, setting aside Born to Run, which is again on a completely different tier to me. Uh, She's the one is my favorite song off of um, uh, uh, Born to Run, including Thunder Road. It's, I, I like She's the one better. Next song, talk about cinematic and story songs and everything off the river. Point blank. Uh, you know, 10, 20 years ago, if I picked a song off the river, it would have been the river. Right. Uh, but, but to me, these days, point blank has more resonance. Uh, it's a song about, you know, uh, a, a woman who uh, falls on hard times and Bruce thinks about 
what it used to be like. And uh, boy, that verse that starts, uh, once I dreamed we were together, baby, you and me back old in the old, back in the old clubs, the way we used to be. Oh man, it's just, it's just, it's, it's cinematic. I, I mean, I can't think of a better word to describe it than that. It is, it is one of the centerpieces to me of the River album, which is my favorite Bruce Springsteen album. I almost picked Sherry Darling because one of the things that I love about the River is that Bruce did the balance between songs like Point Blank and the River and Stolen Car and, and good time rock and roll stuff, which his band is great at, like Sherry Darling or Cadillac Ranch or Ramrod or things like that. And I think the River did the best job of striking that balance of any of his records. So uh, that's that's number four, point blank. And so the, the fifth one was tough for me because I realized I don't have anything from Darkness. And I don't have anything from Nebraska, which are the, my remaining two favorite records. And so I'm declaring a tie between Prove It All Night and the title track to Nebraska. Um, both great songs of different types. Prove It All Night is just a it's just a chest thumping anthemic rock and roll song and live it is fantastic i mean it, it really is great live and nebraska just it, there's just so many lines in that song that are so great uh you know uh it is it's 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 a masterwork and a lot of the stuff on the nebraska album is like that but to me the title track nebraska about charlie starkweather of course and carol fugate is a is 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 a great achievement so those are my five um and i'm sorry to have gone with something obviously like born to run but hopefully the the others are a little more um creative my uh, be good list though. <laughs> yeah. let's go with billy next yeah mine is gonna mostly be you know the, the hits and because uh again i really uh i'm not the fan that that uh patrick and and buff are and uh so yeah, I've owned I don't know t two Springsteen albums my entire life. However, the age I am in, and in the in the eighties, I mean, you couldn't turn you 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 knew him if you owned a radio. I mean, you you got to hear the bulk of his work because every song just, on Born in the USA was a hit. Well, and and let me just say, uh, he did a. That uh, that particular album is going to make up a lot of my list, and I'm going to tell you why. It to me, it had the perfect mix of good stories, but just good power arena style rock and roll, man. And and, uh, and like Jim said, it, a lot of it's keyboard based. And I, I I'm like Jim. It the 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 musical accompaniment to that doesn't it, it it doesn't speak to me the way it does you guys, man. I like as y'all know. I like high guitars. I like pedal steel guitars and, and pianos, man, I, I love a keyboard too, but it, that for me wears thin pretty fast, but, uh, you have to say it for, uh, for his stuff in the eighties, man, uh, Clarence Clemens just, I mean, that, that to me just pushed that power pop power rock stuff kind of over the top, uh, that, you know, the, all those great, all those great solo, uh, sax parts in it but uh i'm gonna start with one and all mine are gonna be pretty obvious but uh the, the one man for man covered uh blinded by the light and i'm gonna tell you what i like about that i like his word placement not not the lyrics his his word selection you know i mean it 
he starts it with a rock and roll kind of thing. And I don't know, man, that, uh, revved up like a deuce to me. That's like a Southern expression, except Jersey, you know, it's a, it's a Jersey, it's a Jersey shore version of, of Southern rock or a cow or a cowboy rock thing, man, that it's, it, it it's kind of, it's, it's kind of specific. It, it, it means a particular thing. And, and, uh, and come on, man. I mean, everybody first heard that terrible version of Manfred Mann's with <laughs> all the cheesy. Yeah, and it and man, let me just say it made it a good pop record. It changed all the words too. Yeah. <clears throat> well, it, it made it made a good pop record, but uh, but man, when you hear Bruce do it with his with the E Street Band, I mean, it's a real song. I mean, it's a real rock and roll song. And yeah. and I and again, I like the word selection in it. I like the I like the story aspect of. Uh, with kind of the the party band power power rock man stuff uh i like my number four on my list is pink cadillac uh just a good time party tune you know and, and got the great line I, I just wonder what you do there in the back of your pink cadillac yeah. i mean you know it's it, it it's uh it doesn't take itself real seriously it's a it's a it's just a fun song uh number three uh, what's the, uh, I'm, I'm really bad with titles. I remember lines. It's off of, uh, born in the U, uh, born in the USA. Uh, the, the line is, uh, when you, when you kiss me, I can feel, feel a doubt. I remember back when we first started, my kisses used to turn you inside out. Uh, I'm go I'm going down, yeah. down, yeah. uh, <clears throat> again, man, great story. Great, great word selection, you know. Uh, being, you know, being a lyricist, man. I, you know, I like, I like the way words actually sound, not just what they mean, but, the, but, but the way they sound. And, and Springsteen is master at word selection, and so uh, that's my number. Uh, what number three? I still would like, man. I, I wish you would do a country record. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I'd like to. I'd like to hear a. I'd like to hear a country record that he put together, uh, because uh, another song off of uh, another song off of Born in the USA. Uh, uh, I'm on fire. A whole bunch. A whole bunch of country guys covered that man and really lamed it up. But it's a great song. Uh, I, I would have liked to heard his version, man, again with some pedal stills or something. You know? Uh, a, a more country arrangement, but don't change anything else. And again, great story, and uh, and and, and great word selection. You know, uh, uh, talking about cutting a valley through the middle of his skull, and I mean, it just the, his word selection is it, it, it's offbeat and just perfect. And uh, what was that? That was number two. Yeah, and, and for number one, yeah, I have to go with Born to Run because, like Jim, I mean, that, that's just, I mean, that that's in its own category, man. I mean, that that's, you know, that just that kind of defines modern rock and roll to, you know, in, in that particular genre of uh, power rock and a big giant band and a big loud See another song, uh, and it's not by him, but another song that's kind of that way that uh, 
that live version of uh, Running on Empty at Jackson Brown Dust with that monster slide solo of uh, David Lindley's. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's got all that energy in it. It's got all that heat in it. The hook is perfect. The story is perfect. The words are perfect. You know, I, and yeah. So them were my, them were my five and, and uh, you know, the, two of those were from early in his career. Uh, and and the rest were off of uh, uh, Born in the USA. Although I, I liked the, some of the stuff on the river too, but uh, I didn't pick any of that. Jim leaned on the river pretty hard. Well, well. Good, 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 good. Well, I mean, I'm going to do my, mine and I'm going to let mine Patrick wrap it up. Well, mine, mine, wasn't a, mine wasn't a hardcore Bruce, you know. Well, it's good, though. I mean, you... mine, mine, was a, mine was a, I know him and like him and, and had a couple of his records kind of list, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, bless your heart, as we say in the song. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> which is kind of like saying, fuck you. But, you know, it's a little bit different than that. Oh wait, I forgot. I can't no, say that. No, it, no, no, it, it's a, no, it's about the same. <laughs> Bless your heart. Right, go, go ahead. I'm gonna do mine, and uh, you know, let me just do my disclaimer. Number one, you know, there's no song better than Thunder Road, and unless it's Born to Run, but neither one are on my list. It, it well, except say it didn't so by the outfield. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and you're talking a bunch of shit. <laughs> yeah, and uh, on the dark side by Eddie and the Cruisers. Uh, he uh, is my favorite Springsteen song. No, I'm just kidding. Right. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, I was going to, I wanted to uh, say great things about Bruce because I don't know. I'm not going to just go off and go off and go off, but I got to say that he really has from the time I first heard him in 75, um, I've, I've enjoyed pretty much everything that he's ever done. And when we had the band in the eighties, all through the eighties, the Buffalo Hut coalition, we played, you know, glory days and all that kind of stuff. But we played, uh, you mentioned Pink Cadillac, and one of the great thing about that was we would do the show, and I would play a kazoo solo in Pink Cadillac. And I can only imagine. And it sounded like I, I can only imagine what that was like. It was just I, oh god, it was wonderful. I'm sure that and that's you know at I'm three o'clock in the morning that's exactly with a bunch of how I'm imagining three o'clock in the morning with a bunch of drunk redneck people dancing in the front of the stage. And they're like, uh, one of them would come and go, hey, that song you played, what was that? Pink Cadillac, that's funny. Is that that one that Aretha Franklin cut? Right. Um, no, it's a different Cadillac, I believe. Um, anyway, my list, uh, God, I, I'm sorry, Bruce. I'm sorry for being sacrilegious. But anyway, number five is a tie. <laughs> I couldn't yeah, pick. I got, my... a, I got a feeling. I got a feeling. All yours are going to be. No, just this one. Number five is tied. I couldn't figure out how to say my favorite cut off of Nebraska. So it's a tie between Atlantic City because they blew up the Chicken Man in Philly. They did blow. They did blow up the Chicken. And uh, <laughs> but don't tell Gus at Springer Mountain because they don't want to hear that. 
Atlantic City and Used Cars, which is another one I love on there. It's my number five tie. My number four is my favorite, favorite song about a drug deal. Meeting Across the River. Across the River. On the Born to Run album. Yeah, baby. Some of us know exactly what he's talking about. Number three just came out recently. And finally, if I was the priest on Letter to You, because, like I say, I've been listening to the demo since 1983, and I'm glad he finally recorded it. Great song, great lyrics, great, great lyrics. Good Catholic boy, man, yeah. Uh, Number two, yep, Thunder Road. I've got to put it in there. I can't help it. Thunder Road, I've got a, a, one of the many versions I've got is, uh, I've got this, I guess it's a bootleg, of course it's a bootleg, of just Bruce playing the piano and singing his songs just by himself. And he's doing Thunder Road and I never heard anything more lovely in my life. It's wonderful. Um, my number one is the first song that ever really completely blew me away by him. And it's off of his first album, Greetings from Asbury Park. And it's a song called Growing Up. Mm-hmm. And uh, that song still means the world to me, which is why it's the song we're going to close the show out with today, because uh, I have that power. No, and I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, man, I just, I, you know, I still just don't well, like it. Midnight. I used to want to play that song, but I didn't have the kahunas to... You know, to try and do a Bruce. Uh, I mean, I, I did glory, glory Days and all that hoopla, but something like that that meant so much to me. I could never do that or The River or any of those songs without feeling like I was um, a very, very, very cheap imitation of the real thing. <laughs> you know, sort of like I feel when I try and sing Billy songs. When I try and do the outfield. <laughs> <laughs> May that guy rest in peace, whatever his name was. Yeah. The, dead, the, dead, the dead guy from the office. Hell of a voice, though. Man, yeah, them guys could sing, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, well, we're going to close it with, uh, I guess, out of all of us, I think Patrick might be even a bigger Springsteen fan than I am, which is really, to the point, really To the point weird. of being psychotic. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to let him just, just tell us what the real deal is right now. This week's uh, challenge was uh, a real uh, uh, education for me because previously I only had a nodding familiarity with Mr. Springstein. Einstein. Is that how you say it? Springstein? Springstein. Yeah. <laughs> um, but seriously, folks, uh, I've been thinking about this for a week. It's like, how do I do this? You don't want to go with the completely obvious, obvious ones exclusively. So I... I dug around in the couch cushions a little bit, and that's why I suggested Radio Nowhere. As Jim alluded, uh, uh, one of the lingering criticisms of the E Street Band is that they sound a little too much like the E Street Band. You know, man can man cannot live on Glockenspiel alone. Right. And, uh, and he made he made a couple of records in the late two thousands. I think Magic came out around two thousand seven that Brendan O'Brien produced. Brendan O'Brien, of course, worked with uh, Pearl Jam. And the sound is still recognizably E Streety, 
but he scuffs it up a little bit. Not unlike when Steve Earl made that record with the Delma Curry band, you know, made a bluegrass band just a little bit polite, uh, a little scruffier, scuffier, whatever you want to say it. So Radio Nowhere is a song about trying to find a human connection any way you can over the radio, through musics, whatever. So that's that's number five. Number four is from the same record. It's a song called Girls in Their Summer Clothes. And it's about a guy walking around on the boardwalk, looking at girls who aren't looking back at him. Again, he's trying to find a connection and it's not working. But it's so, Jim said the word cinematic. It's so cinematic. You can see the story unfold so beautifully. And the sound on those two tracks, thanks largely to Brendan O'Brien, is just absolutely terrific. My number three uh, is going to be controversial. Okay. Imagine that. It's, it's the leadoff track to Lucky Town from, I believe... 1991 or 1992 when he dropped two records lucky town and human touch on the same day uh mostly without the east readers i think on lucky town only roy bitten and patty uh play on this record but the leadoff track is called better days and it was after his wandering in the desert phase his first marriage had had fallen apart and he's coming to terms with himself as a more mature person and he confronts how ungrateful he had been and kind of what a hypocrite he had been. The money verses in that to me are, uh, I took a piss on Fortune's sweet kiss. It's like eating caviar and dirt. It's a sad and funny ending when you find yourself pretending you're a poor man in a rich man's shirt. These are better days. <clears throat> Which leads me into my number two. The 75 to 85 live version of The River, <laughs> which, which he introduces with a long monologue about how he and his dad used to fight all the time. Uh, depression runs in the Irish side of Bruce's family, and it has affected him all of his adult life. But his dad was really depressed. His dad was, uh, he drove a truck for the army in Europe, and he was in the Battle of the Bulge. And he talks about leading into this song. It was like, when I was a kid, my old man and I would go at it all the time. I had this long hair and I stayed out of the house. I'd go to the payphone and call my girlfriend for hours and hours and hours and go home. And, and, and my dad would say, I can't wait until the army gets a hold of you. They're yeah. going to make a man out of you. They're going to cut off all that hair. So he, and it's during the Vietnam War. His first band was called the Castiles, and and one of the band members was this guy named Bart Haynes, and he got drafted, and he went to Vietnam and didn't come back. And then, as Springsteen tells it, he gets his draft notice and goes to take his physical, and he goes back, and his dad said, what happened? And Springsteen said, I failed. And his dad says, that's good. And that's the end of the story, and then it goes into that harmonica wail into the river, which has nothing whatever to do with the story <laughs> that he just told. Of course. <laughs> the river is largely about his sister who got pregnant when she was in high school. And it's about uh, resignation, about being stuck like so many of his songs are, about 
loving the person you're beside, even if you can't quite connect to her like you used to. In that respect, it's a lot like racing in the street. Um, so that's uh, that's my number three. And of course, I have to go with one of the most chilling first-person narratives about a psychopath ever written. Nebraska. Jeez. That, that, man, that, um, a great song, but goddamn, that song is disturbing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's why it's great. I mean, uh, it, that is that is it's really unsettling, you know. Yeah. I love it. And talk about talk about somebody who doesn't have much in common or much regard for his significant other. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you make you make sure when the sheriff pulls that switch, Lord, and snaps my poor head back. You make sure my pretty baby is sitting right there on my lap. Oh, oh that is so good. That was <laughs> so good. It doesn't matter that he was hanged. I think he was hanged. No, I'm thinking about Dick and Perry. Dick and Perry were yeah. hanged. But Charlie got the I think Charlie, Charlie got, got the, the chair, yeah. yeah. I wonder yeah. what inspired yeah. that song. Yeah. Maybe that first girl <laughs> well, he was married to? I don't know. Obviously, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of his songs have been inspired, at least in part, by uh, by movies. And that's inspired by Terrence Malick's uh, Badlands. Badlands. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And I gotta say a word about what an amazing live performer he is. And I, I didn't get hip to Springsteen seriously until kind of late in life. I guess I had to grow up or something. But man, his hooks are set so deep in me. And the first time I saw him, the first two times I saw him, because this was my job back then, was on a Human Touch Lucky Town uh, oh. uh, tour. Yeah. I had totally forgotten about that album, man. That was that was yeah. actually a good song, man. Yeah, oh, so they were yeah. good albums. I was just sort of pissed off that he didn't have the E Street Band at that time. I was like, yeah, I felt like he was like cheating on his wife or something. But that was wrong. Yeah. I mean, I, I was wrong. Bandy well, Head was Bandy Head was pretty good though. Oh, they're very yeah. good. I saw them on yeah. television yeah, and I was good. like, yeah. well, they're great. But where's Clarence? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. uh about 12 years ago he came to austin and uh, jim and i and our significant ladies went to see him at the the basketball arena and i was in a sort of psychically vulnerable place at that time i think that was the first time i saw the east street band and you know the show's over after about six hours as usual (laughs) (laughs) right yeah right yeah yeah, he played right. He played that first four hours and took a yeah. ten-minute break. And came back and played a two-hour encore. <laughs> and we're we're walking out. You know, I was just fresh from a divorce, and we're walking out, and I felt like exhausted and uplifted at the same time. And I looked at Jim and Sarah and Cindy, and I said, <laughs> "I said, man, I needed that." <laughs> man, I tell you, anyway, yeah. I want you know. I wish I could have seen him more. I only saw him that one time, and and it was you know just a few years ago, about about a year before Clarence passed away. But he was in Greenville, and a friend of mine uh, got tickets from the people he works for, and they were box private boxes there in Greenville that you know where all the rich folks get the boxes where they got waiters coming around bringing you drinks and all that kind of stuff, and it's right over you know your your vantage point is perfect because you just look down on the stage and there he is. Uh, it was yeah. great. That, that whole show was great. And I think it was about four hours. 
but it was yeah. uh, it was yeah. it tripped me out because uh, you know it was just close enough to Greenwood, South Carolina, that he invited the uh, former members of the Swinging Medallions to come up and play. So they, they guy came up there with the Farfisa organ, and they played double shot with the East Street Band, and it was oh my gosh, it was fun. That boy well, knows how to rock and roll. He sure does. I could tell the story again about how I had just wandered into the Moody Theater where they tape ACL and saw him for free one night, but I don't want to rub it in. So um, <laughs> I'm already so hurting from the first time you told it. And I saw him from the 15th row on the River Tour, not the one, the anniversary, but the one back in 80, 80, 81. <laughs> Tam, still one of the best shows I've ever seen. I've seen him maybe five or six times. Well, you know, including uh, second, including second row center uh, for free solo acoustic, which was something, a completely different trip. But anyway, well, yeah. you haven't. I don't think Patrick's finished yet. Are have you? You still got one? Yeah, I do. But I, I oh, I have to reference that free that free acoustic show because. His songs are incredibly malleable. If y'all have serious, there's was that, a was that the one at South by you got to go to? No, he nah, he yeah, did yeah. he did a solo did. tour that I saw him at the old Austin Music Hall, um, second row center, and that would have been was it Ghost of Tom Joad, maybe possibly, yeah, yeah. But that was the one he decided to rework Born in the USA, his yes. most misunderstood song, as a bottleneck blues. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, God. Wow. I wish I'd have heard that, man. So good. You can. You can. You can hear it. And that's the thing. That's what I was about to say. On Sirius, on the Springsteen Channel, every Saturday afternoon, there's, a sh- there's an hour uh, show that's nothing but Springsteen covers that shows how malleable his songs are. Not unlike Dylan's. And he plays with his own arrangements a lot, which leads me to number one, as Michael would say. Number, number one, one, number one, number one, number one. Number one. Number one. Uh, the Ghost of Tom Joad first came out on an album called The Ghost of Tom Joad. Imagine that. Uh, sort of a musical descendant or musical heir of uh, Nebraska. Pretty spare, largely acoustic. Great, great song. He decided it was missing something and revisited it and re-recorded it on the Wrecking Ball album with Tom Morello and made it an electric, explosive song. The lyric to that song is him at his most populous. He has long obviously cared for uh, the underclass. Uh, and the lyric of that song goes from the depression and the Dust Bowl days to the present. Based on a Steinbeck work, right, 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 and uh, and uh, another movie-inspired song, just like just yeah. like Nebraska is inspired by Badlands, because there's a verse in there that quotes almost entirely Henry Fonda's closing speech in John Ford's film version of The Grapes of Wrath. But it's just so empathetic and it cares so much about all of humanity and all through history. And then Morello takes off and he doesn't come back. Every time I stumble across a live clip of them playing that, I'm going to sit there for seven minutes or however long it takes because it's just incredible. And Springsteen doesn't just talk to talk. Every show he plays... You know, he puts out a call for people to bring canned food uh, for folks to take to the local food bank. 
he does a lot of great work behind the scenes and i have so much respect for him not not just as a songwriter but as a, a great humanitarian what i really like about in the in the you know again not to not to fan you above far but i mean th- this just means i hadn't bought a lot of their rec i'm you know i'm not as wired into his catalog as you guys are but I have to say this, man, and the thing that you were just talking about, uh, about how malleable his material is, that's the thing that I like about really good songwriters, man. They can take their material and they and they can just make it work. And they, and they can make it work in any application. I mean, hell, you can hear that stuff uh, literally in a in a band yeah. with two ukuleles in a, in a goddamn kazoo. And it oh, would, yeah. And it would, it would still fly and be really good material. Oh, yeah. It, it, and Jim was saying earlier, you know, the, uh, about the the E Street man, and, and something I uh, agreed with him on, you know, that it, it's yeah, it's it's a little what you say, Pat. They sound a little too much like the E Street man. <laughs> it's uh, too it, much, it, too much Glockenspiel. Right. Well, and the thing about that is, you know, but it, but like you were just saying, his material in that way, and and you could. I mean, you can do that same thing about all the songwriters that the the four of us who are all songwriters uh, th- that we appreciate about about songwriters uh, John Prine and Dylan and all those guys, man. I mean, you 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 can't you can't pigeonhole them on. Oh well, this is a blues song, or this is a country song, or this is a you know arena rock song, and some songs only work in the in the in the application, you know, with the arrangement that you heard the hit record, and if you hear them, you know, some other way, you're just like, my God, what'd they do that for? <laughs> right. Well, you got a good yeah. point. You got a good point. I wanted to point out that, uh, I mean, I've said, I think I may have said this before, and if I did, forgive me. I can't remember what I've said on previous programs, but I can't remember what I did yesterday, but, um, Song, talking about songwriters and, and what you said is so true, Billy, because uh, back when I used to, after I did the interview with Tom Dowd years ago, then he and I started talking like once a week for, I guess, about a month or two uh, before he passed away. And we would just talk, you know, and he was just so forthcoming to answer any questions I had and all like that. But he was talking about songwriters, and he his thing was, that you know that that's the most important part of music is the song and the songwriter and if if it's a good song it can be played in any style like you said if it's a good song it can be played I think of it, punk, like the it can make and it a beat song if you have a good engine you can drop it in any kind of car man that's exactly right that's right that's a, that wasn't a racist, that wasn't a racist statement you just made was it there, oh, you said there's some, there's, you, you said, <laughs> there, there's some great. I mean, so, you know, there's some great, the great, great covers of of the stuff on Nebraska. I really like listening to, like the Reavers from Austin had a great cover of Atlantic City, and uh, you know, one of my one of my bands, the Beat Farmers from San Diego, had a great cover, of Reason to Believe, and they they both did it in their own style, right? The, the 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 Reavers version of Atlantic City sounds like the Reavers, but it's just a great song. The Beat Farmers version, Reason Believe, sounds like the Beat Farmers, but it's a great song. I mean, it just they just well, leave on it, it just works. Version. The Levon Helm version of oh, Atlantic yeah. City. Oh, and I first yeah. heard that, and I swear to God, I would have thought Levon the yeah man, man the way he the way he embraced that. I, I swear to God, I would have thought he wrote it. 
Well, you know, you, you say, and I'm not, I would never put myself in the class with a Levon Helm, Beat Farmer, any of that. But in the 80s, I used to do a Springsteen song and I would turn my acoustic guitar over and beat the back of it like a conga. Like a beatbox. <laughs> yeah, and I would do uh, uh, my rap version of Blinded by the Light. And it's amazing how it holds up when you go, Mammon drummers, bumpers, and Indians in the summer with a teenage diplomat with the dumps and the dumps with the mumps as an adolescent pumps his weight into his hat with a boulder on my shoulder. Feeling kind of older, I tripped miracle round. You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm like that. So, I got like a little two. bit, huh? That's, <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking that same thing, man. Backstroke lover. Always high neat the color. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. And but uh, Run DMC actually rapped that, right? With uh, oh, yeah. Stephen Tyler. Yeah. 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 Uh, and, and out. yeah. 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 They sure did. It was a huge hit. Well, and very, uh, all that and being the said. Very, and the very best version of that song ever was Pine Top Perkins. Oh, anybody yeah. But, anybody, anybody but me heard that? <laughs> yep. And he does that old blues. He's, he's kind of half talking, half singing it. Yeah, and she told me just to walk this way. She said, "Walk this way." <laughs> he he recorded that man uh, just like a year or so before he died. Man, wasn't he pushing a hundred? He was like ninety nine. Yeah, he was, he was old as hell. Man. I want to say one thing off topic before we before we go. Uh, just so I want to suggest that uh, people get on YouTube. I ran across a thing last night I did, had never seen. Apparently, Warren Haynes had been doing um, uh, his little quarantine things, and I had not seen any of them, you know, this whole time. But um, he had a cute name for it, but I can't remember what it was. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, something. You can't go play, so tune in and watch us on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, but you, yeah, but it was just him sitting, and he had... Um, he reposted the first one that he did back, I guess it was uh, in April or something, and he was talking about John Prine and how much he liked John Prine. And so he played Hello in there, and it was just almost a tearjerker. It's so beautiful. What a, what a great song, man. It is such a great well, song. We, yeah, and I mean, John Prine made all of our top five you know, best best songwriters list. <laughs> yeah, and and still, you know, yeah, one of them. Yeah, he affected me. He for my he entire was, life. He was one of those guys that was great because he could be silly and it and it and his his songs didn't suffer most of the time. You know, look, man, I love I love guys like Roger Miller, but he had silly songs and he had real songs, and they didn't and and they didn't. There wasn't any overlap. Sometime uh, in the future, but, we'll do a John Prine, best of John Prine, too. Because, but, I mean, we need Prine to talk could, about and him. Prine could be silly in a real tune, you know? Yeah, of course he could. Yeah, but he could also uh, be deadly serious, like you mentioned Sam Stone. Oh, my God. Wow. I mean, that's just the real deal. But, guys, appreciate it. Thank you so much, y'all. Y'all done good, and uh, I hope y'all get drunk on your wine tonight. Hey, you guys got to be careful tonight. There's going to be a rumble out on the promenade. Going to see what them <laughs> racket boys can do. Right. Uh, 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 
Uh, yeah. yeah, boy, I tell you, he's and got people, a million of and, them. And people ask me why I drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't because I know why. Right. All right, guys, like say goodbye to everybody. We'll see y'all uh, next week. We'll be talking about guitars. Great guitars. And it's guitars. Yeah. Goodbye, and we don't everybody. mean just saying a, fr- a strat or a Les Paul. Good night, Gracie. <laughs> good night, John good Boy. Night, Ethel. Good night, Ethel. Good night, John Boy. Good night, Sue Ellen. <laughs> Well, I stood stone-like at midnight Suspended in my masquerade And I combed my hair that was just right And commanded the night brigade I was hoping to faint and crossed by the rain And I walked on a crooked crutch I strolled all along to a fall I thought Came out with my soul untouched Sit down, I stood up Ooh, up The flag of piracy flew from my mast My sails were set wing to wing I had a jukebox graduate for first mate She couldn't sail, but she sure could slam Set stubborn on standing I broke all the rules Straight my old high school Never once gave thought to landing I hid in the cloud And walked through the crowd When they said come down I threw up Ooh, Rolling up Whoa, man, man. Vacations in the stratosphere And you know it's really hard to hold your breath Swear I lost everything I ever loved to fear I was a cosmic kid in full costume dress But my feet, they finally took root in the air But I got me a nice little place in the stars And I swear I found the key to the universe In the engine of an old parked car one of my all-time favorite Bruce uh, songs from the first album, uh, Greetings from Asbury Park, a song called Growing Up. It's always been one of my favorite Bruce tunes, man. Totally, totally, totally. 
Well, it's going to wrap up the program for today. I want to thank my co-hosts, Billy Eli, Patrick Beach, and Jim Hemphill, as always. And a huge thank you to anybody and everybody who tunes in and listens to the podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email anytime about the Kudzu Magazine or the radio show or both, or to tell us how you're doing at kudzumag at yahoo.com. And you spell kudzu, of course. K U D Z O O K U D Z O O M A G Kudzu Mag at Yahoo.com. The program today was brought to you as always by Springer Mountain Farms. Springer Mountain Farms fresh chicken. Fresh chicken. Responsibly raised on family farms. Man, it's good too. Great chicken. Good for grilling. I like to grill it. I'm sure you can fry it, but I don't fry things anymore as I've gotten elderly, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I, I'd rather grill or, uh, you know, well, grill is my first choice, broiling, grilling, whatever, baking, um, but you can do all that and more with a, the uh, excellent chicken from Springer Mountain Farms. Get more information or order it online and have it del- delivered to your door. Yeah, all right, springermountain.com, springermtn.com. Wonderful folks, Gus and Susan and the whole gang, really, really, really great people, great product. I just love that. Uh, we're also brought to you by the Boxmasters Band. It's not the Boxmasters Band, it's just the Boxmasters, but it is the Boxmasters, and they are a band and have been for at least 10 years, and uh their current album which i believe is their 10th i'm not sure i think it's their 10th that's been released it's called light rays and it's out now you can get it on cd vinyl or download man yeah i highly recommend it highly 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 recommend it and uh just check it out man light rays lots of great tunes written by bud thornton and jd andrew i like to call them the new lennon and mccartney and uh, it was some great songwriting. Really, really good stuff. So anyway, check them out at theboxmasters.com and be sure to follow them on Instagram and Facebook. Also brought to you by Fogat Cellars. You've heard me speak about Fogat wine for years now, and it's still my favorite wine. I love the Pinot. Oh, I love the Pinot. But I also love the Chardonnay. Uh, you know, whenever it's time for a wine, it's Fogat wine time. That should be made into a jingle or something. Maybe I'll do that. But the same band that you've trusted to bring you the booze and boogie full tilt for all these years is now bringing you some fine red or white wine that you're going to love just as much as the band. Can you imagine? Order online and have it brought to your doorstep, baby. Foghatsellers.com. Foghatsellers.com. And check it out. Check out the band at foghat.com while you're out there on the internet, on that internet thing. <laughs> Be sure to check out issue number 40 of Kudzu Magazine out now at kudzumag.com. That's right, baby. All sorts of uh, new info up on there. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, and we appreciate you. And hopefully, we'll see you again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. 
Later, kids.